Welcome to Faith and Farmers, the Lakeshore Community Podcast, where we will learn the history of this beautiful area and hear the stories from the people who live here, love here, and serve here. I'm your host and friend, Seth Mulder. Let's go to work. All right. Up next, we have Bishop Chris Shepard. Welcome, Bishop. Welcome. Good to be here. I'm glad you're here. It was a good meal tonight, wasn't it? Well, I don't know. I haven't ate it yet. Oh. But it sounds like it would be good. You ate your portion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Go ahead and let us uh, know what were the years that you served as the Bishop of the Lakeshore Second Ward? 2001 to 2005. And who were the members of your bishopric? Originally, it was Mike Critchfield and Lewis Shell. And then um, Lewis Shell got called over to BYU, and then Jerry Shepard was my counselor. Awesome. Good people. I love that. And for those of you that don't know, um, after Bishop uh, Shepard served as the Bishop of the Lakeshore Second Ward, he was called directly to be the stake president and served there for how long? Nine years. Nine years. So when we get a, you're on our radar for a full podcast. So when we do the full podcast with Bishop Shepard, he can expound on those experiences. But today we're specifically talking about being the Bishop of the Lakeshore Second Ward. Tell us the greatest challenge that you faced being the Bishop at that time. My personal challenge or the ward challenge? Both or either personal challenge was to uh, be able to understand and recognize the equalization of time between family, work, and the church. And I found out that my family become last, mm. and the church became first, and the work just filled in the gaps. Yeah, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. I had to learn how to navigate that and make it equal. So, yeah, it was hard. What about the, the church at that time, the people? What was the greatest challenge they were facing? <clears throat> we just got done. Well, we did, the first year we had 9-11. Oh, yeah. In September that year. I'd been the bishop for about three months or four months. 9-11 hit. And uh, that, uh, that caused some individuals a little anxiety, thinking that this was the end. And uh, we worked through those issues. Um, some of the other issues were just family struggling spiritually, emotionally, physically, and so it uh, yeah, that was it was it was a good experience to work help them work through their issues and their challenges. What would you say was the greatest blessing serving as the bishop? <laughs> they didn't end. Mm. The minute that you're set apart as a bishop, the blessings come and you can't you can't you can't stop. It don't matter how bad you mess it up. You can't stop those blessings. They never end. Wow. They never end. Yeah. You're giving your heart and your soul for the Lord's work, and He just multiplies those blessings. Oh, tenfold. Yeah. Tenfold. Yeah. Maybe even a hundredfold. Yeah. What's an experience that you could share with the audience? <laughs> One experience? so many experiences most of them were with the youth oh I'll tell you a really good one <clears throat> we took our ward to Martin's Cove our whole ward and uh, 
we got up there and start pulling those hand carts and we seen the unity of some families get together with their kids to push and pull and it brought into full reality of what the handcart people really went to there with the song some must push and some must pull we seen that happen uh, we had a spiritual really spiritual experience of the two colds up there uh, and um, one of the experiences that I did not like is when Brady's father uh, caught a rattlesnake and took my Dutch oven and cooked that rattlesnake in my Dutch oven I didn't want a bag I am scared to death of snakes and it was not Gonna, that Dutch oven was now uh, the shepherd, other shepherd family's Dutch oven. I would not. It was ruined. It was ruined. I hate snakes. So that was a that was that was a fun experience. But Martin's Cove, <laughs> that Martin's Cove really changed uh, our youth and our our uh, parents. At the same time, we took also took a group a, a youth group up there the next year, and we took them up Rocky Ridge. And I <laughs> remember. Um, What's your uncle's name? That's uh, not uh, Casey or uh, JD. J no, oh. no, no. That's your younger brother. You're your younger. Oh, brother. TJ. TJ took TJ up there, and it, it, it snowing really hard on that mountain. In fact, if the snow was uh, vertical, the horizontal, going across hard, and we got halfway up that up that ridge, and he laid down on the ground, and says, "I can't go any farther." And I thought to myself, "How easy." It was for those people who had sacrificed so much, was so out of, out of food, and they were starving. How easy it was just to sit on the trail and say, "I'm done." And so we had a he come up the up the trail the rest of the way. We had a little fire set up on top of the mountain, and we I shared that story with them. In fact, I got a picture in my house of the handcart people with the angels pushing the handcarts up that mountain. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I picked it up. At, Muddy Gap. Hmm. Yeah, so that was the two really, yeah. that was two, of many, two yeah. of many. Yes, I know. Most of two of many. A lot of them are like, how do we pick just one? So yeah, I can yeah, see that. Can. All right, in closing, we need a one-liner. What's one piece of advice you could give the audience listening to this podcast? As a bishop? Or if I could go back in time and be a... Either. Just I, a bishop-shepherd... One-liner piece of advice. Knowing what I know today, I would encourage everybody to be in the house of the Lord all the time. Not once in a while. All the time. And maintain a current recommend to get them there. It'll change their lives. When I was the state president, I'll just share this one day. When I was the state president, we met with Elder Hales. He was coming to stay in our house, Apostle Hales. And he asked me, he says, what would you like me to take back to the 12? And I says, I would like to, love to have every young man and every young woman with their own personal temple recommend, not a group sheet. Yeah. Six months, we got that individual recommend for all the youth. Wow. So yeah. temple's pretty important to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for being with us today. Uh, Brady and I both love you and we're going to have an individual podcast soon. So we'll, we'll hear some, some more from you later, but thank you for being with us. Thank you. Unfortunately, we are missing the first 30 seconds of this next interview. This next interview takes place with Bishop Braylon Hurst. We pick up on this interview 30 seconds into it.
got to be bishop, those, those young men were all uh, pre-stage. And so we were doing uh, mission interviews oh. and, and the seminary graduation and all those things occurred during those years. And so it was a challenge just because there was such a large group, but it was also a great blessing to be able to have that many. We had the wall plastered with missionary plaques because of all the young men uh, going out. That's a lot. Over 20, that age group. Yep. Wow. And wow. only just two, two or three girls, so we were way heavy on boys. On boys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> During those years. <laughs> what would you say, on, on the flip side of that, what was the greatest blessing serving as the bishop? Probably the same thing, have, watching all those youth and, and uh, seeing them achieve their goals and graduate from seminary and go on missions and, and even watch some of them come home and, and get married. So Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Is there an experience that, that you could share with the audience of something that happened while you were serving as the bishop? Uh, the, one, the one experience I can remember is uh, one winter we had a ward member uh, that went up hunting with his son. And this was just before his son had gone on his mission. He was that one of those boys in that age, in that age group. group. And they had truck problems and... Uh, they couldn't get out, and we, his uh, wife called and didn't know where he was at. We ended up getting the search and rescue people involved, but the community, this, this was on a Saturday night, and so on Sunday morning, we excused the whole priesthood to go up and help look for him. So there were cars and, I mean, trucks and snowmobiles and that up in the, we kind of had a general idea. It was up in the Sheep Creek area. Mm -hmm. And one of the ward members had an airplane, uh, the Mellers. And they actually were the ones that spotted them from the air. They had written help in the snow. And so oh, they wow. were able to relay the message to the snowmobilers below who were able to go in and get them out. And then they had to go back and get the truck later so they spent the night they'd found a little cabin up there and so they were okay but it was a cold night so we were fasting and praying and worried about them but uh, i was the only one conducting church that day because the rest of the priesthood and everybody else was out uh, searching okay. mm -hmm. wow what a neat opportunity to mm -hmm. really be a part of something like that and a great blessing to find them okay yeah yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. What's one piece of advice that, that you could leave our audience with? I think the one thing that, that I thought about with that is uh, in today's society with so much uh, cell phones and media, and um, I think we've lost a lot of the personal, interpersonal communication one to another. And if I were to give any advice, I would say it's so important to still be face-to-face -face friends with neighbors and with ward members. And I think our ward members are the greatest strength we can have because we help each other in times of need. And um, it's hard to do that on a Zoom call, you know. Yeah. And uh, if, we, if we know them, we can respond to, the, to their needs. And a lot of times it's just a visit say hi you know I think those interpersonal relationships are really important and I think it's harder now than it was uh, years ago so I think you have to work at it but that would be my 
my advice. Your advice. Well, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for continuing to serve our community. And we love you. Thank you. Thank you. Up next, we have Bishop Kirk Farr. Welcome, Bishop. Thank you. Can you let us know what years did you serve as the Bishop of the Lakeshore Second Ward? From 1991 to 1996. And who were the members of your bishopric? There was Chris Shepard and Raylan Hurst. Oh, okay. Who eventually became bishops after you. Yep. I didn't even know that. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, tell us, what was the greatest challenge being the bishop? One was speaking. That was really hard for me. Um, but just knowing how to help people yeah. was really a struggle for me. I just, you could feel their needs and hopefully you were able to support them on their needs. Wow, I love that. It's interesting how we have to really try hard sometimes to really know, you know, what revelation is coming in and how do we, what do we do with that information at that point? Okay, I've received this information. I know I need to help somebody and what is the best way to help them? Right. Oh, yes. What, what was the greatest blessing serving as the bishop? <clears throat> Besides the blessing that my family received, it was probably having the counselors I had because of their strength that I pulled from them, uh, they were really helpful to me. But they uh, had more knowledge than I did in the gospel, and so I pulled a lot of strength from them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you had two great guys right beside yeah, you. Really? You did. <laughs> That's one thing my dad always told me. He says, put people around you that'll pick you up, you know, that'll uh, help you out. And so I, thank goodness the Lord directed me that way. Yeah, yeah. Is there an experience that you could share with us um, about anything? It could be about a member. It could be about the Lord guiding you. Just something that happened while you were serving as the bishop. It's a long time ago. <laughs> I uh, gotta think on that one a minute. And it's okay if you don't have one. Can't come up okay. with right that's now. totally that's totally fine. I'm just totally fine. Don't even worry about it. All right, what is one piece of advice or a one-liner that you would leave people to want to know? Probably <clears throat> stay close to your family. That's one really, really important to have your family stay close. Uh, and also, of course, you must stay close to the Lord, our Savior. That, them two are really important, but that family is so important. Uh, 
I'm learning that firsthand. You know, my situation, my family's everything right now. So. I love that. Well, thank you for coming and sharing a little bit of love and knowledge with us. We love you and are grateful for all the service that you continue to do in our ward, even now. So we love you for that. Thank you for talking with us for a minute. Oh, thank you. All right, up next we have Bishop Jay Evans. Welcome, Bishop. Glad to be here. We meet again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, tell me the years that you served as the bishop. Uh, 1986 to 1991. And who were the bishopric members with you? Uh, Jim Evans and Fred Brereton. And then Leon Seaman was my ward clerk. My executive secretary was Jerry Lee Shepherd, And financial clerks was, I had uh, Jim Rig Tripp and uh, Bruce Daniels, who doesn't live in this area right now. But oh. not, a lot of them don't. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> good, good people. Yeah. Uh, tell me, what was the greatest challenge serving as the bishop? Really... I guess I was too young to realize that there was challenges with it because everything seemed to work pretty good. We, uh, the people in our ward were very supportive. Uh, when I asked individuals, I cannot think of one person that we'd ask to fill a calling that didn't accept that calling and was very, very good. I was. I don't think I was that spiritual to know who to call, but <laughs> those that we did call was very willing and done great, great jobs in their callings, and I'm I was very very happy with that, with the service that they give and their abilities that they had, and uh, as far as things going, things seemed to go very well for uh, for our ward. It was, it was handled pretty good. What would you say was the greatest blessing serving as the bishop? I think there's a lot of things that just kind of pop up as you look back. Uh, when I was serving as bishop, I was running a little bit of ground. I was also working at Zions Bank as in the commercial loans and uh, time-wise. Uh, I always ended up having time to finish the work that I had. In fact, I did better in getting all my work accomplished as a, when I was bishop than I was afterwards. And as I look back on it, I think the Lord just kind of helped me, helped me make sure that things that needed to be done got done. I can uh, remember experiences such as one day I called the wife and said, bring me home some grain, and she never brought me home grain to plant. And I asked her why not, and she said, well, it's storming in Spanish Fork, which is five miles away. I, so I got back in the truck, drove up, got the grain, come down, put it in the grain drill, planted my 10 acres of grain, and when I drove out of the field, it started raining here. But, I mean, there were just little things like that that, that uh, happened that continually that uh, I was blessed with with the different things or it seems that uh, I had the opportunity of seeing uh, that we were just totally blessed 
Yeah. Oh. Is there an experience looking back? I mean, we're talking, let's see, 35 years ago, somewhere around there. (laughs) Yeah. 35 years ago. Is there an experience that that you remember or that sticks out in your head that you would like to share? Uh, There are just a lot of things that that, uh, set out. One was uh, when I was called to be bishop, I, I feel like I picked some of the best people in the world to work with. Mm-hmm. And I just, and uh, I had great counselors. I had an unbelievably believable executive secretary and my board clerks and, and all of those that served were, were so good. And then when you come back, even coming back from that, the Relief Society presidents and, and uh, my, the ward primary and the young men's and just the different organizations. The people that were, we called was a blessing because they filled their callings like it was totally unbelievable and the yeah. blessings we received from that. And it was great to have, have people that had that time and had the ability to take care of the different callings and and that was maybe one of the best things that I'd seen is the times that I was there is uh, is the opportunity to work with, work with people and with the church and there's there is some problems that we we've had I look back on and uh, but they seem to work out each one of them yeah and it's it's kind of kind of hard sometimes but uh, it was great I think that there was I think I probably only worked with about five or six people that passed away families in the five years that I was there I would say that the biggest share of the young men and women that were married were married in the temple there's a few that I had the opportunity of marrying outside the temple but it was it was it was a great calling i enjoyed it very much yeah the people that their abilities to help me what's one piece of advice that you would leave our audience with i would probably say we're a blessed people and there is just so many things i I often think maybe one of the biggest things is is people are going to make mistakes and there's going to be things that are hard and especially in today's world there are just there's just things that that come up but the biggest thing is is to try take the time to pray and ask our father in heaven for help and blessings and he will bless you and if you happen to make a mistake I think it was the Lord himself that says uh you repent of your sins, and I will remember them no more. What a great blessing that is! You know, and just, and I think that that's something everyone should know. We're, we're all going to make mistakes. I think back when I was on my mission, we had the opportunity of listening to, to Elder Monson, my last missionary report, and and he said, as an apostle, he said, I have the same desires and same 
temptations that every individual has. And he says, it's just something that we all have to work with. And I thought to myself, even they may <laughs> yeah. have something that they have to work. And I think that that kind of goes with everybody. So I just think that the biggest thing is try your best. And, and I think that the Lord will help you in doing the best. Take time to, to pray. Take time to study the scriptures and do the different things. And it's, it, it'll just help you. Just each little thing that goes will help you more than what you'll ever realize. Yeah. Well, thank you for being with us again. We love talking to you again. Um, Good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. We are with Bishop Peterson, our last and final bishop of the evening. However, he was really the first bishop of the Lakeshore Second Ward. Uh, welcome, Bishop. Thank you. Uh, go ahead and let the audience know, what were the years that you served as the bishop of the Lakeshore Second Ward? From 1980 to 1986. Okay, so he served six years, 1980 to 1986. And who were the bishopric members that served with you at that time? Uh, Doug Houghton, first counselor, Kirk Farr, second. The ward clerk was Dean Taylor, and Leroy Shepard was the clerk. Davin Ingle was the executive secretary, and then after Davin left to be the scoutmaster, Chris Shepard was, was the executive secretary, and had Merlin Wright and Jay Hare. Okay, awesome. So what would you say was the greatest challenge being the bishop? Well, to start off, it was reorganizing the whole ward from scratch. Because this was when the ward was, this was the very first time that the Lakeshore ward had been split. Right. Okay. And so I had to restaff the whole ward. But it, it was good. It was fun. We enjoyed it. But that was a challenge. Yeah. We do it in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of people to get called yeah. in three weeks. Yeah, it is. Um, what would you say was the greatest blessing serving as the bishop? Just be working with people. Learn to love people. It was very good. You get to interact with a lot of people, huh? Oh, yeah. We talked See, about... Oh, go ahead. When you, when I was bishop, you had to sign all the tech, temple recommends. And they'd re, you know, every year you had to renew the recommends. So I had to do all of the interviews by myself, which I know one quarter, one time I had 75 recommends to do. Wow. They did it by quarters every three months. So, I mean... It, it took a lot of time. Yeah. And a lot of, once you know people, yeah. you just learn to love them even more. Yeah. So what a, what a great opportunity. Is there an experience that you would like to share of something that happened while you were serving as the bishop? Well, one, uh, uh, I don't know if I shared you with this before, but we had a car wreck in the family. It was a... a a girl and her two brothers, and they they got in a wreck up by the train tracks going to Spanish Fork. And a, a person coming the other way who, who was drunk hit him head on. And they called us to come give him a blessing. And when we got there, the doctor said they would have one funeral for sure, probably two. And then you got to give him a blessing. You can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but... I, I went to give him a, give her a blessing who was a serious. 
and they got to the part to give the blessing, and my mind just went blank. I wanted to say that she'd be, you know, healed and everything, but so I started over, and my mind went blank again when I got to the blessing part. So I kind of stopped for a minute and got the Spirit with me in the morning, gave her a blessing. But it, in that blessing, I told her she, she'd live, but she would have problems, and she did. But she's still, she's still alive now, so. Wow. But it was neat. Wow. What a, what a great experience <laughs> to share. Just, you know, one tiny glimpse of how, if we just live how the Lord wants us to live, yeah. that you can, you know, call from the powers of heaven yeah. to, to bless his children. Yeah. yeah. When you give blessing, you, you know, when you go over you. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? You know, could you? But yeah. you need to stop and listen to the Spirit. And it tells you. Yeah. What's one piece of advice that you could give the audience listening to the podcast? Uh, love your family and, and do things with your family. Have fun with your family. Make, encourage them to go to the temple. Get married in the temple. They live, if they keep the covenant they made in the temple and keep them, you know, remind themselves of the recommend questions, they'll, they'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Keep it, keep it just simple and yeah. love the Lord and love your family. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you for being with us, yeah. uh, Bishop Peterson. And this ends our podcast for the evening. Thank you for listening with us. Um, and being here and listening to the experiences of these nine bishops that have served the Lakeshore Second Ward from 1980 to current uh, 2022. I'm your host, Ashley Shepard. Until next time, this is Faith and Farmers, the Lakeshore Community Podcast. Wow, what a great episode. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out the next installment of Faith and Farmers, the Lakeshore Community Podcast. I'm your host and friend, Seth Mulder. Until next time, keep up the good work.